Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Pod, 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 cast, 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 Tom. Pod, 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 cast, Hi everybody! Hello Welcome everyone! <laughs> brand new mask holes. It's been a minute. It has uh, and been. We should, yeah, we should. This should be more in the rotation quicker in the future. Just right. People we, wonder. We had some other ones that you know we sort of uh, needed to get finished first, just because uh, some of our patrons had had these uh, yeah. things commissioned for quite a while. So we needed to finish a few others up. But yeah, we had some finales recently. We so did. We're in yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. Draft action we're hero. Bu- a couple others. Yeah. But. But now we're balls deep in Jason Voorhees. Right in his uh, mask hole. Yeah. And I want to, uh, just at the top of this, thank, thanks to Chris Shanovich, thank our producer, who, uh, you know, made this all happen. This is a delight, obviously. Yeah. And Fucking I've, mask holes. We've said it before. It's, it's incredible that we hadn't done a Jason show on our own until this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it really took a little is. push. So <laughs> thank you, Chris Shanovich, for that push. Cause yeah, now we're we're now we're in we're it. Now there's it. no turning we're back. We're doing it, Dave. Oh, we yeah. might even do Friday the Thirteenth the series. I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling. <laughs> but right now we're on Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. That's the title. That's the title. Nothing else. They don't get this cute is, with uh, it for a while. Yeah, this is what? Which year is this? 1981. 1981. This is director uh, Steve Miner, uh, who mm-hmm. who I would. I this is his first film. He would go on to direct Friday the 13th Part 3, and then he would direct the 1985 film House, Warlock, uh, and uh, Tom, Wild's Hearts Can't Be Broken, mm-hmm. Forever Young, uh, fucking Big Bully, <laughs> and then Halloween H2O and Lake Placid. What a legend. Yeah. What a legend. This guy's a real hero. Yeah. He's my hero. He also did the 2008 Day of the Dead. That's too which bad. Which I, I, yeah, I haven't seen that. <laughs> but, you know, a fucking, you know, Lake Placid. Everybody loves that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He also did an but episode how, of Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> uh, I mean, still, I, I like this career. I like this career. I like Halloween H2O. We've talked about it. Yeah. Forever Young is, you know. It's a fine movie fu- if you can get past the Mel movie. Gibson of it all. Right, yeah. Who else is in that? Someone else is in that. I feel like it's like Madeline Stowe. I have not seen Elijah it. Wood and Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. There you go. I I haven't seen it in like thirty years. So yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, why would you? Why would I go back? It's and about revisit a Forever Young <laughs> cryogenically frozen pilot. Uh, fuck, I mean, man. it was what? it was a good movie at the time, but like, yeah, why why would I now want to go back and watch a cryogenically unfrozen racist be acclimated <laughs> to? Yeah, no. Mel Gibson. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's all and, right, I mean, also, I'm sure the character is kind of racist too, right? Because he's from like the 30s. Well, not in the movie. So it's like a racist. He's supposed to be a yeah. boy. He's like a Boy Scout in the movie. All right. It just feels like two secret racists, like a secret racist playing a secret racist. Um, not so secret for Mel Gibson now, but at the time. No, the secret's out. Secrets out. This is a Jason podcast. Ta- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we're talking about Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Welcome for so Forever Young um, cast. Yeah. So this takes place. This is the. This I takes, mean, according to the this takes video place game, in 1985. Yeah. It has. Yeah. To. The t- the timeline. We'll get into the yeah, timeline we, as we, it gets weirder and weirder. We we loves the timeline of of Friday the Thirteenth here at Gamefully. Yeah, uh, because but this is, um, the first film takes place very specifically in 1980 because it's uh, 25 years after the 1955 murder or whatever it was. Right. Um, and then this one is explicitly five years after 
the uh, first movie. Yeah. So this is and the timeline gets more and more fucked. It gets as more characters. Yeah, right. Tommy Jarvis has to age like fifteen years at one point. So does um, I mean, Tina. They do. They do. They jump. They jump like thirty years. They in do series. to the point where to the point where uh, I mean we'll we'll talk about it in great detail. But Jason Part Eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, takes place after nine eleven. Yeah, that takes place chronologically two thousand three, I believe. Yeah, because Tina has to age for about ten years. Ten years, and then Tommy has to age. He ages about um, eight, six. It's there's it's a, wild. There's a, there are massive jumps of time in the Friday the Thirteenth yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, but right now, yeah, we're in the nineteen eighty five, made in nineteen eighty one. Um, Crystal Lake is shut down. This is the Pakanak Lodge, which is a great level in the game. It might be um, my favorite. It might be my favorite too. My I favorite think it's is a really good. Favorite's one. either Pakanak or the Part Five one. The um, the real. Oh yeah, the really the, with the orange map. grove. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is about uh, a oh, wait, group Part of. Part Four is really good too. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Ah, it's all good. They're all great. This it's a great is about game. It's a, great a game. training camp. A training camp for camp counselors. Um, which is lame as shit. Um, well, I think he's opening it, next summer, right? So this summer is about repairing the yeah, camp. Yeah, I just think that's a lame thing for adults to do. I guess they're supposed to be teenagers. Um, they're supposed to be, but it's in this era of the 70s, early 80s, and really early 80s is still 70s, where it's impossible to tell how old anyone is. It's like, oh, a, real, yeah. it's like a real Scooby-Doo mystery machine type situation. Well, for, because of the nature of the movie, although, I mean, you know the trivia of this one, the, the actors you know are at least over 18, which isn't actually the case of this movie. Except which for became one. Yeah. A big problem in post. Yeah. There was, I don't for whatever reason, there was a 16-year-old actress who was given a sex scene, and then after the fact, Parabout was like, what? No, 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 destroy the footage. Yes. For, well, from, um, what I had, <laughs> from what I had read and, and heard is th- that... Um, I don't like think a, the director knew. No, it's a Lawrence Fishburne type situation where like Lawrence, yeah. like, Lawrence Fishburne lied about his age to be in Apocalypse Now, um, yeah, which yeah, is a similar yeah. situation where he was also like 16. But and this is the Apocalypse Now of horror movies. This is the movies. Apocalypse Now of horror movies. But yes, there is an actress in this film who was underage and they did not know and there was a nude yeah. scene involving her, but obviously that footage does not exist. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> fun, fun trivia for this Completely film. Completely deleted from the face of the earth, as but it should have been. But for the most part, it, it's basically <laughs> one sixteen-year-old and a bunch of thirty-year-olds. Right, like uh, Paul, the guy who runs the lodge, could be twenty, could be thirty-three. No yeah, way to tell. No way to tell. <clears throat> so, it, also, I want to note this is a very interesting because I was trying to put my, uh, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the people watching this at the time because the first movie is Pamela Voorhees. It's we don't know. Jason as a murderer, as a killer. No, this, so this is, is a, very, a very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big pivot. Although when you think about how do you make a sequel to this movie, this is what you do. Like what else would Jason's happen? kind of the obvious yeah. thing to do. Um, they, But it's interesting to watch this one and the one right before it. Because next movie in part three, uh, all bets are off. It, it, we're, it's, we're in full blown. We're in Jason country now. Um, but yeah. in these two movies... They're much more like the 70s slashers, uh, its contemporaries. Like, these are closer to, like, Halloween or White, or not White Christmas, Black Christmas. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they Christmas. absolutely are. So, like, this movie the, does a lot, just real quick, uh, like, this movie does a lot yeah. with, like, misdirection, with um, really long takes that are, like, teasing the jump. Uh, like, it, it plays, yep. it does the same thing that the first movie does, the psycho thing, where it plays around with the characters, so you're not really sure who the main one is for a while. It's more of a murder mystery. It still. is, yeah. Um, they're treating it much more like a th- like a thriller than what yeah. the movie becomes when they f- figure out Jason is the main character and nobody else really matters. Exactly, and uh, he doesn't even have his mask. Still, he is wearing a burlap sack. He is uh, Saxon. This is pillowcasing. Yeah. Uh, and he is, I mean, still a delight. So he yeah, is. they're my they're tr- my favorite thing about. One of my many favorite things. This is a this is a delightful one to talk about Jason, just what he's up to during the events of this film. Oh but yeah. One of my favorite things about him that I always forget because it's such a quick reveal, and I haven't seen this one as much, um, is that when they pull his mask off, he kind of looks like John Belushi. Yeah, I was gonna say he looks like the drummer for a grunge band. Yeah. Uh, he looks like John Belushi. Like, 
Yeah, which is amazing. They also they his long hair they got rid of for the later ones. They did, but it made they were trying to. Well, there's he's a, some fan contention. They were saying like maybe this is a fantasy of the of Ginny. Um, there's there's a lot of disagreement over the ending. Yes, in the Friday yeah. the Thirteenth uh, community because nobody can agree on what happened to Paul. Um, yeah, nobody can agree I mean, whether or not because the first one ended the same way with Jason jumping out. Um, so and then it wasn't. It was just a dream. So a lot of there's like a pretty even split of people who think that was just the same thing as the first film where it was. Ginny having like a paranoid uh, d- dream or a delusion after all the stress she's been through or whether right. it, r- it literally happened. He really busted in and, and then she just woke up on a stretcher and doesn't know what happened. But it, I see the argument for both, honestly. Yeah, they were playing it real fast and loose because my last note was what the fuck happened to Paul? But they like I can see both. There's also like. The ending, so this will come at no surprise if you remember the last shot of this movie. Uh, at the end, the headless Pamela's head, uh, her severed head, was supposed to open her eyes at the end. Yeah. Which you can tell because the shot, it's clearly not a dummy head. Right, it's clearly it's a, a real person. person. Uh, so, like, but they cut it because they were like, that's silly. And it's like, is it? I mean, do you even know what you're making? Like, that, that's the vibe I got where they're I like, think they do, they're playing man. it. Well, they're playing it fast and loose with like where the series will head because they didn't know necessarily. Sure, right? and they weren't like necessarily. Yeah, like the original uh, vision for this movie, which I'm pretty sure we talked about in the last one, was to just to be like an anthology series, and each one would just happen to take place on Friday the Thirteenth, sort of like the original yeah. idea for Halloween. Um, so they might not have been thinking of continuing with these characters, but like I think there's intent there because like ambiguous endings like that are a, a big hallmark of horror movies and like oh for sure but it's, i think this is they were still like this one and the first one they're still kind of trying to be more subtle and a little more artful you know yeah. like we said with the ending it could be fantasy could be not which is like the first one which makes more sense when you think of it as an anthology of like they weren't trying to build upon it so it's like a weird fantasy of jason and right. being like he's still down there and right. then it ends and then they're like, okay, that's that story. Time for a new story. Right, time for a new but, one. But yeah, they didn't do that. Um, uh, so we we actually start, we don't start with the camp. We start with Alice dying. Um, we sure do. Film. We sure do. Uh, apparently because that actress was like, please kill me off. I have some weird fans. She well, had some issues with fans. Gene Siskel fucking doxed her. Oh, shit. What an asshole. Yeah, because he hated the film so much, he fucking doxed her, and he doxed uh, Sean S. Cunningham, telling wow. telling his readers to send them hate mail about how bad Friday the 13th was. And it's like, you wow. piece of shit. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, so she got stalkers. Like, so her, yep. like, her part in this movie is probably, probably disturbingly close to real life. Yeah, just she, her paranoid. She is just, li- it's it's two months after the events of the f- first film, this prologue. She's living in just like paranoid reclusiveness in this house in the suburbs because of everything that happened to her. And she's drawn these, you know, self-portraits that look like Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Um, trying to cope with what happened to her. And then she gets turbo murdered by Jason. Yeah, she gets ice picked. Um, and so then we go to this Pakanak Lodge, which is near uh, Camp Death which is the Crystal Lake, Camp Crystal Camp Lake, Blood. basically. Uh, Camp Blood, sorry. And then um, they're, they're gathering all these people to be counselors, and it's like counselor training camp, which, again, I find is very funny. I hope they're at least getting paid to be here, but I don't think so. Uh, run by Paul, this giant man, and Ginny, his assistant girlfriend. Ginny. Um, Ginny, <laughs> sorry. Um, and it, this movie fucking moves. It's an hour 20. So they do like they roast marshmallows. They tell ghost stories, which I, I is that training for the camp? Because like he tells the story later. He's like, how'd the story go? And like, did it work out? Like, it feels like they're training to be counselors uh, doing like ghost stories. Does that make sense? Yeah, maybe they are. Because then they go in, inside and listen to music and stuff. Because like, that's not the end of their night. That feels like the end of their work day. If that makes sense. Um, but uh, he tells a story about uh, Alice. <laughs> she disappears too much later, va- two months later, vanished. Blood everywhere. No one knows what happened to her. And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, there's a hint. They probably, there's a hint in that sentence. Yeah. They probably took a guess. 
Yeah, blood everywhere, but no one knows what happened. It's like I, I kind of know what happened. Yeah, I can, pe- uh, I can piece these breadcrumbs together. Yeah, they go in and they have their party where they're like, some are playing chess. A couple of them are dancing. It's just so <laughs> random. They're yeah. like NPCs. It's yeah, so funny. we have sex creep Scott. Yep. Oh, <laughs> Scott, I want to relentlessly hitting on on Terry, and it's just like. He's a guy who's like halfway handsome, and that's as far as he ever got with his personality. So right, he just, it feels like he's like expecting the charm to fall into place, and he's just yeah. like he's like anti charisma. <laughs> so he really is, and he's just going after that one Terry. Terry, yeah. He's just harassing her. Yeah, it's one. It's he's a good candidate for Jason, uh, which we'll get into later. Oh, we're gonna. He's gonna be featured heavily in a future section of this episode. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so a bunch of people go like, oh, I mean, the couple, one of the couples goes to Crystal Lake. They encounter a cop. The um, sheriff. Muffin, the dog goes missing. Yeah. The sheriff's weird, weirdly gung-ho about enforcing the no trespassing rule at Camp Crystal Lake. Yep. Um, and so they go into town. (laughs) He, yeah, he gets super murdered. Um, I, I'm skipping over some of the murders because we have that later. Right, 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 right. right. Because of course there's crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph, yeah. Crazy Ralph Re- was also murdered. Returning from the first one to get garroted oh, yeah. by a fucking piece of barbed wire. Yeah, poor Ralph. And then he should know better though. Stacked he in literally a closet. is like, "You're all doomed." Yeah, and yeah. He's, ironically, he's hanging around there the at night. Date. Yeah, they, he stacks him in the pantry. They find him in the first movie. Um, That's true. It's, the it's same. like it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Jason knew. Um, <clears throat> so they um, yeah, and the cop gets murdered. They go to they split up. A bunch of them go to a local bar um, because including, there's nothing else to fucking do. Including the murderer from uh, Clyde Buckman's Last Repose. Yep. Yep. Uh, Clyde Buckman, <laughs> So weird to see him in this. I know. Who, who, spoilers, I believe survives the film? He does. Yeah, he doesn't even know what happened. Everybody For all that, we know, he just bails. Everybody that goes to the bar lives. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a lesson for you kids. Because what happens is they go to the bar and then basically Jason like, for the like next... Like five people stay behind and he kills them all. Yeah, in for like 20 minutes. The movie moves so mm-hmm. fast once they go to the bar. is just like bam, 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 bam. Jason's just like, fuck it. Um, and then everybody comes back and they're like, what the hell happened here? So basically that's it. The main... The, like That's the key to a lot. Of, and I want to talk about this later, which is like... Um, Friday the 13th, the key is like, kill as many people before anybody gets wise, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's what he does, and he he's basically like, he's kills kind of, them all. He's playing Among Us a little bit. I was going to say he's playing Hitman. Um, and I was yes. going to say, I'll, I guess I'll say this now. I realized if they want to make another Friday the 13th game, that's what you make. Hitman, but you're Jason. Because he's basically on a stealth mission the whole time. He's just quietly killing and stashing bodies. Right, until he's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah and they exist the they exist like npcs too like they like let's dance by this music oh there's a noise outside better check it out like it's all it's it's a perfect video game yeah they have Hit no Man situational Jason. awareness they, they yeah they forget about their friends the instant they can't see them anymore yeah exactly <laughs> it's perfect um and like then he has to go loud um and boy does he uh he he wrestles um paul uh, Ginny fucking um, has to uh, run from him, and there's a yeah. whole sequence where she's running from him. Yeah. She runs into Jason's shack, which was introduced earlier, finds Jason's mom's sweater, and just because of like the in the wildest gambit, like she 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 theorized about Jason at the bar. Right. They when um, the first couple of scenes we meet her, they plant this little, this little seed for us that she is a psychology major, major specifically child psychology. Right. Um, and so, yeah, then they give her the scene in the bar where she's like breaking down. Um, and it's actually arguably one of the most important scenes in the entire franchise because it, it, it is it completely explains Jason. Right, and it's it's funny how movies work this way with exposition because having written a few screenplays and taken notes, this is a hundred percent true. Which is, it, all you have to do is add like a couple lines mm-hmm. to completely change the notes you get. Which, and what's funny is the lines of exposition don't have to be provable. Like in this case, no, you, you never know it. if that's what Jason actually thinks. You just have the character go, you know what? I bet, I bet it's this and that and that, and then that's all you do. Um, 
Like I was watching Signs. M. Night Shyamalan does that throughout Signs where people are like, I think the aliens are scared of water. And then that's true. And it's like you don't need to actually like have someone learn it for using like you don't have to show someone learning it through logic right you just have someone say it we talk about this a lot and in, in, in yeah. a- across the network and all of our shows but like the basic plant payoff it's very simple but it's remarkably satisfying and it shores up your movie yeah from a lot of not 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 even just necessarily just criticism but from like Th- obstacles in the way of the audience enjoying it because if we didn't have this scene the audience would be confused as to why she would suddenly have this elaborate exactly. idea. Um, and it's still re- ridiculous that she's right but it's believable enough it's, that this you is, just sort of go with it because it's like who gives a shit we're watching a horror movie anyway. Right and this and it kind of it feels right too because like they've they've steeped it in so much lore like it's this local yeah. legend and it's this cursed camp and there's all this history with Mrs. Voorhees and then also with Jason. So it just feels like more like oh this is like even more of the lore so you sort of accept it right. but it's, it's interesting in this series because I've always known this about Jason. Uh, from, and it's from the NES game. Um, I've huh. always known that his mother's sweater is his weakness. You put it on and he can't attack it because it's right. his mom. So it just, I never questioned this scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, it becomes well, yeah, important in, the, in the, the Friday the 13th video game. It's a yeah. huge thing you can do. So like, yeah, she puts on the mom's sweater and she's like, I'm because he has this um, shrine to his mother with her head. And she's like, I'm your mother. Don't you recognize my mother? And I was waiting for Jason to like be just under the mask. Like, you're not my mother. Like, just like, I know my mother had a thick accent. Right. Like, (laughs) he just pauses and he's like, my mom's dead. That's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Fucked up, man. What do you think? What what do you think this is? Like he just gets, he gets like disappointed with her. Yeah. Like he gets like disgusted (laughs) and leaves. Yeah. And she's like, Jason, no, come back. Jason. No, no, I'm I'm leaving. I think it's best if I leave. Jason, really? I was like, nope, I think it's better if I leave. And he drives off. (laughs) No, he he gets on Crazy Ralph's bicycle and pedals away. Yeah. Away. Because he has uh, to have that bicycle. <laughs> oh yeah, you see the bike in one shot. You do. It's he's, on the roof of his uh, he's, shack. He's been using the bike. Yeah, he has. Getting and he threw it up on exercise. top of the shack so nobody would steal it. Yep. Because he doesn't have a bike lock. <laughs> Imagine robbing Jason. You uh, fool. I'm sure it's uh, happened though. I'm sure somebody's happened upon his shack. Like some I'm taking some stuff, like yeah. some thirteen-year-old punks, or like starts fucking with oh, his bed. There's definitely kids getting high and masturbating in that shack. Oh yeah, when they're, he's not around, they're buried in the back. Yeah, but yeah, so Jason um, falls for it just long enough to be slashed by the machete. Uh, he has he has I, a pickaxe. I guess that he apparently got somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's he just picks up farming tools. Like he has like yeah. a hammer, but a, a pitchfork, it's like a and prospector's a, and a pick, pickaxe. Like, it feels like he went to an antique shop for that one, like a museum, because uh, a pickaxe is like who's right. Using why that? would he have that? Yeah, of all the things, yeah, he he later has the hay bale, the stabby pitchfork. pitchfork. There we go. Uh, that makes more sense. But the pickaxe, I was like, damn. But still, not a lot of sense. Good there's, find. there's no barn on this this lodge. That's true. Like who's fucking? I mean, I assume Jason is just. I assume he's just collecting random junk that he finds. Yeah, but that you're right. The pick the 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 pitchfork is also like, which yeah. Where's the farm? This is a lake. Uh, very silly. It also breaks, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. So it's it, it so it's probably just old junk that he buys. I just wanted to say real quick that Jason sort of buys it, but I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the upcoming section. Yeah, it's just very entertaining to watch his <laughs> him like. Because you can his only process. see one of his eyes, but you get a lot out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just you like, really do. He's like, really? Really? I get it. Mm. Like, he's not really buying it. <laughs> no, no, not really. Yeah, he's sort of like, is this, I don't want to fuck this up. Right. Like, I don't want to kill my mom. And then he's like, oh, you're not my mom. But she stabs him. Um, and he goes down. He wrestles with Paul, I believe, and mm. then uh, essentially dies or dies the way a slasher killer would die. Because then uh, Ginny and Paul go back to the house. He sits her down be in front of a window. Uh, and uh, and then they think Jason's at the door, but it's Muffin, the dog we thought was dead, who went on its own journey. Muffin went on a whole journey. 
Uh, and they're like, phew. And then Jason goes, and fucking launches through the window like a maniac. Uh, so, yeah, that's 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 the damn plot. Pretty much. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, now let's go through it again, but from Jason's perspective, shall we? Through a different set of mask holes. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, this is where we follow what Jason's up to, which is inspired by uh, our own Jason Pargin, who pointed out the beginning of this movie specifically is very silly, that Jason Voorhees clearly rode the bike into town, uh, broke into uh, Alice's home, puts the head in her fridge, and then just sort of like waits for her to find it. Well, he didn't ride the bike at this point. He rides the bike later. You don't think he rode the bike into town? He doesn't have the bike yet. He hasn't killed Crazy Ralph yet. Oh, you're right. So So he walked to town. He just walks to town. And he calls her on the phone to see if she's home. This is like the most sophisticated and Ted Bundy-ish that that, uh, Jason gets. Right. So he has change on him, which he could get uh, several ways. You know, he could find find change he could go in a wishing well mm-hmm. he could kill a person mm-hmm. he could go to a change machine with a dollar mm-hmm. uh, and right. get change he'd have to find the dollar but you know but he also calls her which means he also has to go to a phone book yeah he has to find underst- her he has to understand how phones work he has to understand how phone books work he has to know what her name is he has to know where she lives yep that's a lot of work. Jason's dedicated a lot of time in the intervening two months <laughs> to tracking yeah. her down. And then also he breaks into her house ahead of time. Yes. Or maybe while she's in the... Maybe when he does, does he call? I think it's hard. he calls when she's in the shower. So I think what happens is while she's in the shower is when he breaks in. And he stuffs the... He climbs into the kitchen window because we see the windows open. And he stuffs yeah. his mom's head or somebody's head. I think it's his mom's head. I think it's his mom's head. In yeah. the uh, fridge for her to find. And then he hides somewhere. And but so then he, he has to call and her. And then he calls her. That's right. So he, what he does is he sneaks in the window, puts his mom's head in there, sneaks out. And, and calls then her from calls like across her. the street. Yeah. Yep. And then he's like giggling. Like, this is for nobody's benefit then, from, but his. Nobody else can yep. see this. And then he sneaks back in while she's... I don't even know what she's, in the she's shower. Been doing. Oh wait! Oh no! Wait! She, no! He calls he her calls. and then she goes to one room. That's right. Okay, and so he sneaks in, and then I assume he hides behind the door or something, and he's just waiting for her to open the fridge to hopefully feed the cat, because that's why she's opening the fridge. So the cat comes launching through. He doesn't know that cat's going to be there. So he, for he all know, he knows, he doesn't know she has any reason to go back in the fridge tonight. Yeah, exactly. So he's just waiting it out. So he might like be Maybe. standing there until 3 a.m. and that might have to break down and just kind of like whisper through the so, house, refrigerator. Right. There's another possibility, which is that Jason didn't put the head in the fridge for her to find. He put it in the fridge because it's he, a head. He carries it with him and he wants to keep it fresh. Exactly. Where he's like, I'm going to kill her, but let me put this head in here. That's the other possibility. Both are bonkers though so he so he kills her with an ice pick uh and then he leaves he goes back to the lake and just watches the road do you think he knew that this camp was opening or was he just like scoping it out just like you know there's bound to be more people at some point Uh, maybe this is like maybe he caught wind of it yeah and technically he hasn't murdered before or, or i'm sure he's murdered some things but uh he uh he clearly like he got a taste for it and he's like all right time to keep murdering right this is this is great right yeah i know why my mom did this um and so yeah 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 (laughs) and so he waits by the road and he's just watching it for the first half of this movie he's just wandering the camp and like looking through the windows um and I love that he runs it. He apparently runs into Crazy Ralph out there, and is just like, "Well, hey, hey, oh, this is a free room for all." Yeah, and also like room for only one here. Come on, I'm the weirdo watching right, the like kids. Crazy from the Ralph, it's not you. Yeah, <laughs> he's just leering at these kids. Yeah, 
So he chokes Crazy Ralph, and then at with his some, barbed wire, with his barbed wire, with his that, barbed he, wire. that he brought with him. So he just had a length of barbed wire with him. Yeah, I mean, I think he was on a recon mission, but he was like, "Listen, if someone strays from the group, I'll I'm not quietly gonna, choke yeah, them. I'm not yeah. going to not solid snake them." Yeah, that makes sense. And then he, at some point, he is now going to take Crazy Ralph's body and bring it to the pantry, and I just don't know when he finds time for that. Uh, it, it must could be, be any time between now and It must be in the middle later. of the night, right? Yeah, it's certainly not now, which means he stashes Ralph's body. He probably puts um, leaves on it, and he says, I'll come back for you later. Mm-hmm. He then... Or he brings it to his shack. But at this, yeah, this, he, this is the point where he now has a bicycle. So this yeah. is what it allows him to get like to and from his shack um, so quickly for the rest of yeah. the movie. Because a day passes... So he, so he's just taking his fucking time. So you're right. He probably brought he's Ralph's ga- body he's, back. He's gassing himself up. He's like, he's, yeah. le- he's, he's spying on all these kids that are on his property. He's like, man, yeah. I wish they would. I wish they would come over here. Oh, they're coming. Shit, I better hide. So like, he has to <laughs> gas himself up a little bit over the next couple of days until finally uh, most of them go to a bar and there's only five of them left. He's like, all right, now's my time to shine. Right. <laughs> Uh, get off he, my property. Get. All right. He, he runs into the muffin who he doesn't kill. No. Um, this is a, that's, that's canon for Jason. Uh, if you remember, there's a bit of trivia later on in part eight where when Jason climbs out of the water, he's supposed to kick that dog that was barking at him. Oh, yeah. And, and Kane Hodder, who was playing Jason in that movie, said, no, Jason wouldn't do that. Yeah, and he's right. <laughs> and he's right. Jason doesn't care about dogs or really children, like Not young, young children. really kids. Yeah, he really doesn't care too much about kids. Yeah, he'll kill them later. Um, Does he? So he just sort of... No, I mean, like when they grow up. Oh, when up. they get older, right. Just <laughs> yeah. Age about five more years, and then I'll murder you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so... Uh, so he just, like, I don't know, hangs out with the dog. I kind of... The dog's journey, it feels like the dog... Because at the end, the dog, the dog shows was just the having door a, right, right when Jason does. I, I think the I dog was like just having an adventure around the woods. I, I was going to say, I feel like it's Jason's dog after this. Oh, right. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just following Jason around. Like, you smell fun. You smell like meat. Like, that's <laughs> sure what's does. happening. There's just a dog following him blood from on your on. boots. Yeah. Just licking his shoes. Because <laughs> the dog only shows up l- when Jason does later. So, mm. um, so he has this free dog now. Um, he then, all right. So the kids say, let's go to crystal Lake and Jason is there when they're there. Uh, so that means he must've heard them say that. And he biked to the lake or to the crystal Lake area. Cause that's not where his cabin is. Right. Either that or it's a coincidence, but whatever the case, the cop shows up and Jason books it. And I don't know where that bike is at this point, because we see him run across the road, like a fucking, like an elk. <laughs> uh, which is so fucking just funny. scampering funny across show. the road like a yeah. squirrel. Yeah. And so that means he like got freaked out and ran and then cross paths with the cop who then chased him back to his shack. Mm-hmm. Now his shack has the bike on the roof. So I guess, yeah, he left the bike for now. Yeah. Cause then um, nobody can take it. That's his bike lock. Yeah. There's a baby chair. There which is. I maybe is that's for the dog a hollowed out chair, which I think is for shitting. Right, I know a there's also a toilet. He yeah, has, he a, has two toilets. He does. It's very fancy. He has him. a cozy living room toilet, which is just a, a bottomless chair with a bucket, so you can just shit right through it. It's real convenient. Yep. And then he has a toilet He's, in a room. He does. Um, which I guess that's for peeing, and the other one's for poops. He has a lantern, a single pot, so I guess that's for cooking. Yeah, he has um, a little he has a little tree stump table with a single plate on it. Yeah. Uh he's having a he's having a little camp out. Like he living. has a shelf with nothing on it and a closet with nothing in it as well. In case he's he's hoping to one day collect stuff to put Yes. In. He's building a home. I think some of these things are just things Jason put up because he recognizes that they are in houses. Yes. I think that's I think the, he's I playing think, house. I think that's the toilet. I think he doesn't actually know what a toilet is and he just shits in the bucket. Right. Uh and then he also has a hammer that he He, he sure loves. does, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I assume he's using that to fix up the house and kill cops. Yeah. And so kill he does any, that. kill any wandering sheriffs. Yeah. 
he gets excited and he runs back to the camp for more. Now, I have a question about the rope. Rope track. Was that a prank or did Jason set that up? Did Ted do that? Because Ted loves his pranks. I or assume did Jason... it's Jason. Okay. So that means he ran back to the camp and set up a rope trap. Set up trap. a rope trap, yeah. Well, he <laughs> Which was is li- very funny. He's spying on Terry as she's skinny dipping. Or I think, oh no, yeah. wait, is that Scott? No, that's Scott. That's I think Scott. that's Scott. Okay. So he must have set up the rope beforehand, hoping that, you know what? He was spying on them swimming earlier in the day before the cop showed up and he, he scampered off back to his right. shack. Um, so now, maybe he came back and was like, well, these kids like to go splish splash. And so I'm going to set up a rope here and get one of them. Yep. He also must have brought Crazy Ralph here and planted Crazy Ralph around here. Right. It's unclear when exactly. He stashed him somewhere. But yeah, it must be. It must be in between this. Yeah, it has to be sometime yeah. this this day or night. If we didn't make it clear, Crazy Rolf is killed in the woods, and then later they find his body. In He's the killed pantry. in the woods the night before, but then they have a yeah, whole day where they're like, that. they're like grilling hot dogs and stuff. So we know they've been in the pantry. So Ralph can't be in the pantry, which means that Jason stashed Ralph for an entire day at least, at possibly least, into yeah. the night, and then moved him into the pantry and just kind of stood him up. Right. Just like giggling to himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does a lot of that. He really does. So he traps Scott, which he must have been like, that's fucking great. He must have loved that. Uh, and then he knows Terry's going to come back for Scott. So he's like, this this works really well. He slits Scott's uh, throat nice and easy. And then Terry comes back and he, of course, kills Terry, uh, which is just a very smart twofer, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's being efficient. Then, he's being efficient. Also, I love that we see Terry later in um, his shack, and there's they didn't bother to put any wound on her or anything, so she's just laying on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. did he just like scare her to death? And strangle her, I guess. I, <laughs> I guess know. so. Yeah. Break her That's neck. true. Um. So he's just sitting out there waiting for the next cool thing to happen, just waiting for someone to separate. Vicky goes to her car. He doesn't go to Vicky though. Because then we have Mark. It's a misdirect. He's back at Pakanak Lodge killing Mark. Yeah. And I want to, I, I, obviously, we have to talk about Mark's death in the next sec- section. Oh, man. But I just want to note the way the shots work out. Mark is out on the porch and sees nothing until he does, until a machete goes into his face. To me, that implies that Jason is hanging off the rafters like a spider. He's like above Mark. I like he's got to be. No, he's behind him. Oh, okay. He comes up behind like him and swings the machete in front of his face. So he like... Got it. Yeah. He's like... Yeah. He's like, if you snuck up behind a watermelon and, and chopped it in the front. Yeah. Is what he, I don't yeah. know why he did it that way. I don't know, but it worked. And then at this point, he's like, fuck it. I'm just going inside. Uh, so he, he goes in uh, and he finds two kids fucking. And he's just like, well, here's a spear. I don't know where he got that spear. It was from I Ted's prank in the earlier. Lodge? Yeah. Okay. Which he inexplicably is a real spear. Right. Which Remember, is fucking they, wild. They, it shows up when, when um, Mark, uh, not Mark, Paul is telling the scary story and Ted jumps up in like a spooky mask with a spear and a loincloth. Right. For some reason, that's a real spear. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Even, so though it, stabs- even though it's visibly plastic, it's yeah. later on in the movie. They're like, no, it's totally a real spear. <gasps> So he stabs, he stabs them, and then he thinks to himself, I got a great idea. I have a fantastic idea. So he picks up the bodies, and he ties them together, and he puts them behind the door. Is that correct? He hangs at least, oh, I forget the guy's name. But I forget, actually, I forget both their names, but he hangs at least the guy up. He drags the rest to his shack, which is a hell of a fucking... He uh, has to have like used the bike. Yeah, I think he draped them over the bike and like it's a lot of weight put for him a on bike, his back. But like, yeah. Or put him on his back or something, because he brings them. He definitely has to bring them to the shack here, and they fi- they show a shot of him dragging the bodies down. The, so dra- he, at least one body down the steps, which I th- think is, I think it's Vicky. Yeah, I think he takes the ladies. I think he's like, you're coming home with me to meet my mom and maybe wear her sweater. And this guy, maybe, but he also like, has the sheriff stashed in there. Well, that's because that's where the he sheriff killed was him. killed that's there. True. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He is. It does seem like he's just taking the women back to his shack. 
but it's also possible that he, he got the women and then he got he was so tired that he was like you know what i'm just gonna tie this one up behind the door like there's a I'm couple, just, fuck it there's a couple we never see we never see scott i guess he might yeah. still be hanging from the tree yeah i think um, he's still hanging i don't think we see the girl that got uh speared to the bed i don't think we see what happened to her yeah, I, I don't think not. we see Vicky's body. Yeah, so I don't so know he's where just, he's putting these people. I don't know. I don't know. But one Wherever of them, he yeah, hid one Ralph, of them he stashes, I guess. Yeah, he stashes one of them behind the door, and then he. I guess I assume he hears them come home, Paul and um, Ginny. And Ginny. So he's like, "I have a great fucking idea. Yeah, I'm going to get room. in the bed." No, he gets, oh, right, he gets the bed. in the bed. That's right. He gets in the bed oh, and no, wait, covers he gets, himself with blankets. He gets in the bed. F- that's for Vicky. Oh, okay. Okay. That's okay. when he murders Vicky. When, um, when Paul and Ginny get home, it's just the room is covered in blood. Right, right, right. Okay, so he, so he hears Vicky come in, and he's like, I have a great idea. At this point, he has tied, he's already tied one of them behind the fucking bed and moved the bodies. So he didn't bring them right to his shack yet. They're outside waiting. The he's transport. got them stacked. Yeah, he's got them in a cooler. So he he st- he brought those two out, and then he put the one dude behind the door, uh, Jeff. He put Jeff behind the door, and then fucking Vicky comes in, and he hears her and gets in the bed, and he's giggling, and he's hiding and waiting for her to come in and find him. Which again, another waiting game. Like she might not have found him, um, but it's right. very she may have, as she, well. She may have opened the door, seen some shapes underneath the covers, and assumed they were asleep and closed exactly. the door. <laughs> back downstairs yeah uh and so he oh my god but but it's again hitman style where he's like i'll assassinate her when she gets too close to the bed and that's what he does uh and then he drags all the bodies around like a fucking cat he he brings them to where they need to be we don't know according where to he, him we don't know where he takes these people i think this is i think again. yeah i think this is when he's just like okay you and you you go to the shack ralph Eh, let's put you in the pantry uh, for whatever reason. He's just putting bodies like it feels like he has so many bodies. He doesn't know where to put them anymore. And he's like trying to clean. Right. So he's just like stuffing them wherever they can go. Right. He's like trying to clean the night before his lease runs out. Yeah. So that's when he's just like hiding in the living room. He attacks Paul and then he gets, I believe, nailed in the nuts by Ginny. She kicks him in the balls. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, man. It's just a funny boy. Thing oh happen. boy! And he goes like, ooh, yep. Incredible moment in Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Yeah. He chases you should, her. They out. should let you do that in the game. You should be able to rock him in the nuts. You should. He should really take a minute because it takes him a minute. Um, he chases her out. She runs into a cabin and hides under the bed. And well, he goes in. We're not done with his litany of failures. When she's running oh, down right. the street to the cabin, he leaps out of the woods at her and just misses. Oh, yeah, just eats shit. Probably because he only has one eye hole. Yeah, he has poor depth perception. And at this point, he might be drunk, it feels like. He's like, he's. I think he's just getting murder drunk where he's really feeling himself. And this is why he's a stealth person. Because once he goes loud, it's really awkward for him because of the depth perception one imagines yeah uh, yeah and so yeah he leaps out and then she goes into a cabin and he's got his pitchfork and he's like i have another idea so he goes into the cabin and he pretends like he doesn't see her right i think he's he ma- i think he believe i think he genuinely doesn't until she pees her, herself oh right and then he sees the pee and he says that he and sees so the pee yeah he fakes closing the door like he's again it, it is like he's catching some right like he's playing child. hide and seek yeah yeah he fake closes the door and awkwardly gets to, to on a chair and he's so excited standing on and top of a chair as if he forgot he's like a 250 pound hulk yeah and he he tries to kill her but the chair breaks it under just him and breaks he, for no reason this is he, this is my well, one of my favorite moments in the entire Friday the 13th franchise is it's so good Jason is thwarted by random chance and physics he yeah. just he raises I mean, the pitchfork and it, the chair just fucking breaks it's what you said he's way too heavy to be he's on too that big chair. for that chair yeah he, he is he's a big boy and he doesn't and it, realize this is an old boy. ass chair that you would yeah. find in an old ass 
desk cabin. Yeah. He's like a giant dog that some, gets on people's laps. Yeah. Some prospector sat in this chair in the 1870s. Yeah. And so he eats shit, which is wicked embarrassing. It breaks his pitchfork when he hits the ground. Yep. It's such then, a fucking embarrassing moment for Jason. I love it so much. Yep. She beats his ass and runs. And you know he just she, sat there for well, a second recovering. She beats his ass. You sort of glossed over this. She pulls out the chainsaw. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and at this point, Jason's like, shit, am I going to die? Right. Like, this, this is this is not how I planned this evening. One of why the chair break, one reason why the chair break is, is one of my favorite Jason moments is because it leads directly into the chainsaw moment, which is as he's, you know, in a pile of his own shit on the floor, she grabs the chainsaw out of the closet and fires it up, and Jason reacts. He reacts yeah, like she's like, coming fuck. at him with a chainsaw. He's like, oh, oh shit, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking chainsaw. Yeah, the tables have turned. You'd argue this chair single-handedly turned everything on Jason. Really did. Because, like, he might have won if it weren't for that fucking chair. Uh, and so, yeah, he has... It is really fucking embarrassing for Jason. Where he's cha- like, I should be holding the chainsaw. What the hell? Yeah, he's, like, mad. Oh, fuck, yeah. I didn't even know that was in there. Yeah, there's a chainsaw? I'm using a pitchfork. And it's broken. Yeah, this is bullshit. Uh, she gets away, runs straight to his shack, to which Jason is like, ah, score. He gets his prospector fucking uh, pickaxe. Um, and then stupid Paul gets in the way of his good time. Uh, and... Uh, presumably he gets taken out and then if it's not a dream i guess he wakes up in a rage and just beelines it and jumps straight through the window uh, uh, presumably seeing the own like the first figure in the window right he just he just sprints towards the nearest living thing yeah and just jumps through like an absolute maniac Uh, yeah i guess the more I think I'm about it, the more I think I guess that ending didn't really happen because like Right, because why didn't he kill them? Why did, why would he leave her there? Yeah. No, I, I assume he's just recovering. Right, because uh, he did he gets his shoulder separated by this machete, Dave. Yeah, she, if anything she hacks through his collarbone. There's a major yeah. artery there. He's like Kurt Russell in Death Proof. He's just like there, like treating the wounds in his shack at that point. Just weeping and pouring whiskey into it. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, where I still wonder where he got that pickaxe. That's still a mystery to me because it he feels like he must have just found it. Like he must have just found is, it in the woods. I think. I think when he was in town, there was like an an antique shop because that's the only place you find a pickaxe. Yeah, I guess it could be in the woods. Um, maybe, you know, but, yeah, maybe maybe Jason does go antiquing. I, yeah, and by antiquing, he just broke into an antique store. But yeah, that's what he. Calls that could have been when he right? finds the change, like the change he used for the phone was like like Civil War coins <laughs> that it's he like, got at the antique shop. It's like uh, you remember that Aqua Teen episode when they have the monster living in their attic and he keeps talking about juice. Yeah, and like what he means by juice is drinking human blood and flesh. Right, so like, yeah. it's like Jason's just like, oh, I'm going to go antiquing tonight. And what he means by mm-hmm. antiquing is just murdering. It's marauding through town and stealing yeah. and murdering. <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't understand. Yeah. Going antiquing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's Jason's run. Good Came good home run. with an old weir- wheelbarrow and three eyeballs. <laughs> the score. I'm going to put them in my toilet. Yes. Uh,. Should we talk about the second best monsters of this uh, movie? We should, Dave Scott. These, are, yeah, these are the characters who aren't Jason, um, who aren't yes. Jason, but are maybe as monstrous. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to Scott, I just uh, crazy Ralph. I love in this one his "You're all doomed" feels like it was really rushed because he he goes up to the kids and goes "You're all doomed," but he hasn't like heard where they're going or what they're doing. So he's just riding his bike, and he sees kids and goes, Dave, I, I better do the doomed thing real quick. Dave, and he's, there's only one reason hot young teens come to this town, and that's to work It's true. And then he just skids away because he's got other things to do. My f- that's the other fun thing. My favorite part of that scene is that when, when Crazy Ralph comes up to them, it's, it's Jeff, and I, I forget what the girl in the couple's name is, um, when he comes up to them and says, you're doomed. 
uh, it like resets Jeff's brain. He freezes yeah. and just stares at him. And after a long pause says, what? And then Ralph's yeah. already riding away at that point. Yes. <laughs> Ralph's already riding away. Again, he's got to be, he's going to Trader Joe's next. <laughs> yeah, he has like stuff Ralph, to do. He's got shit to do. It's just really funny. It's like, this is my he thing. Go I got to do my thing. He's got to go down to the Sunico and take a dump. Yeah. So that's crazy Ralph. And then I, I can't stress enough. He then goes to the camp. Right. Later on, he's just watching Paul and Ginny have sex. Yeah, and it's like... That's all he's doing. Said, he's not, like, warning s- them. He's just hiding in the bushes watching them fuck. So it, it really means that I don't think Ralph actually thinks they're doomed. Because if he did, he wouldn't go to the fucking camp. No, I think he, he gets was... murdered. Dave, I think he was just really horny. I think so, too. And I think this... He just... It's his thing. You're all doomed. That's my thing. Yeah. That's his kink. Yeah. Uh, next is Ted... Which is Clive Bruckman. Uh, Cl- Clive, the, the Clive Bruckman's final repose. He's the murderer he, bellhop from that X-Files episode. The reason why I thought maybe the rope thing was Hez, because he prank tows a car. He arranges the towing of a car as a prank, which is an elaborate fucking prank. Right. I think, uh, I think he's there for the misdirect, right? So like for the, for, yeah. for the it's like you were saying earlier about a single line of, of dialogue can change the whole audience's entire perception of the movie. So like just because the audience is aware that there's this character, Ted, who we see do two extreme pranks, like you're saying the toe, and then he jumps out right. of the spear during this, the story. The fact that later on when the character, when Paul and Jenny find a bed full of blood and Paul's like, it's probably a fucked up prank they're doing it. You can accept right. that. That's true because yeah, the audience doesn't care, but they they do that a lot. I believe there's a prankster. Is Shelly in three or in Shelly's in three? Yeah, it's the same three. thing. Where yeah, it's, they keep they, they do keep the prank doing thing, it yeah. to have the plausible deniability where the characters go, eh, it's probably a plank prank because we hire because we uh, we have a fucking sociopath with us that does weird elaborate pranks. Like that's an element they keep adding. So yeah, that's what ted is because he also does the bushes with the mask later he's wearing like a, a metal helmet on the beach like a silver helmet he is yeah and he's fucking survives never to return again he does he goes again everybody who goes to the bar uh lives and at right me, i need to talk about ted at the bar because oh, yeah. Ted at the bar is trying to spit some game at the waitress. It seems like they have a little bit of chemistry. But like the main thing is that Ted doesn't want her, the, the not the waitress, the bartender actually, doesn't want the bartender to clear any of his bottles. Right. He's like, no, I'm collecting them. And like by the end of it, he has like 10 or 11 bottles. Yeah. So he's presumably just wandering in the town with because he says, is there an after party? So he's just like wandering to parties with, things of bottles i i still doubt if he ever went back to the camp he <laughs> like, might not I have ever even just, made it back to the camp yeah yeah i i could see him dying because of something else or just like starting a new light life joining a cult like lord knows what happened to ted yeah, waking up on a boat and joining the navy yeah um then there's paul one more thing about ted one more thing about oh ted. yeah ted uh he's got goofus face he looks like a big old yeah. goofus um he behaves like a big old goofus but when they do the beach scene, Ted is shredded beyond belief. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just shredded. He's chiseled. Yeah, Ted's like, all right. keeping it tight. Ted's like, what? Yeah. I believe in taking care of myself. Yeah. Good for Ted. Yeah. What a weirdo. <laughs> he, uh, he looks like fucking Ratatouille, kid. He does look like the guy from Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, Paul is the leader of the counselors. He is definitely like 10 years older than his girlfriend assistant. Right. Um, he is clearly like a fully adult man. Yeah. One of the first things he said is, is keep clean during your menstrual cycle to all the women, which is just like, that's got to put you on a list. I know why he's saying it. It's but, a thing about, you know. yeah. And I think that and then he immediately phantoms over to Ginny with her car. Like, did you notice that where he says it and then they cut to her with her car and he's just like right next he to her. He just like, appears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he like rises up out of the ground yeah. next to the car. But yeah, the- I think there was a, I think there was like a pop culture rumor. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's like an old wives tale or something, but like around this time, yeah, with there, bears. there was a lot of stuff about like bears, like, Oh, bears can smell your menstrual stuff. I have no idea if that's true, but it was like in a lot of pop culture in the early eighties. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why. Um, 
The one thing I want I I flagged with Paul is when he gets taken down when he wrestles Jason. I think it feels like it takes him way too long to to rescue Ginny. And I I would argue maybe he's just hoping it'll work itself out. <laughs> Cuz it takes him like He's in there. I don't it takes him like half an hour. He's in there gassing himself up just like Jason yeah. has been for the past couple he's of just days. Like, come on, you can do it, man. Come you on, can Paul, do it. Come, come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. Dig deep. Dig deep. Man, I'm scared. Yeah. I know, man. I know. <laughs> He he does the right thing ultimately, but it definitely takes, takes him a, him a minute. Also, we don't know where he is. He may have been running all over camp looking for them. Yeah, and then he just true. happens to stumble upon the shack and explode in there at the exact right moment to yeah again suck at wrestling Jason. Yeah, um, the cop who's guarding Crystal Lake just weird thing to do. I think they tried to make him a suspect is the idea, but it's just very funny that the cop is for some reason hanging out at Crystal Lake guarding it. Um, and then before we get to Scott, I just want to point out Terry, kind of a low key maniac. She's looking for her dog and she's like, I'm really worried about my dog muffin, but I got time to strip naked and swim in the middle of the night, which is just a weird thing for her to do. I know why they wanted her to do it. Yeah. But that's I mean, weird. Uh, I don't, I don't I know I know why weird. the producers asked her to do it, but it just feels like she's out looking for her dog and then she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna skinny dip. And then she's like looking over her shoulder and make sure no one's watching too. So it's like, uh, do they not have showers here? Like what a weird thing to suddenly do when you're out looking for your dog in the middle of the night. That's all. That's true. Like skinny dipping is like a horny teen thing to do. Well it's or or it's to bathe. It's to wash yourself. I mean, it can be done for enjoyment, but not in the middle of the night while you're looking for your dog. Like that's just a weird deviation. The looking, the looking for the dog thing is the weird deviation there for sure. Yeah, like for she sure. was out. She's like she has ADHD. Well, she's I know. Like, I mean, water. I know. I know people enjoy night swimming. Um, you know, sure. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's so that part of it's not that weird. Um, but yes, I did notice a lot of that in this movie, and of course, I'm not sure how much of it was like. It, it seems like every bit of every nude scene in this movie is a compromise. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, that's going to be the series throughout. I think. Yeah, like like Terry is nude, but like from far away. So it's and then like two of the the other two uh, female characters we just see in their underwear. So it all seems like like well, it's a slasher movie. We got to have we got to have the nudity in it. And like all right, well, I'll do the nudity, but only from really far away. And then like the other yeah. two actresses were like, well, no, we'll we'll do underwear. But right. again, I don't but know also, if that's actually the discussion that and, happened. But it but felt it's also like, like the other side where they're like, when can they get nude? I don't know. When she's looking for a dog, can she just like skinny dip? In right, because it because like, I don't it, see why not. It's the same thing with Vicky later, where she runs out to her car to get something in her underwear. Yeah, <laughs> like even if you're at a camp, you wouldn't do that. Like nobody would yeah. run out into the woods in their underwear. Right, because there's other things that aren't Jason, like ticks. Like there are things in the woods. That you generally just don't want on you. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's very I, funny. I generally don't want to be nude in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a bad trade. Yeah. And then there's Muffin, Maniac Dog, Fallen Jason. But then there's Scott, who we meet, who he slingshots uh, Terry in the ass, saying nothing. That's his he opening slingshots, move. That's his yeah, opening move to his... He's the, carrying... The, this great courtship that he has in his mind, yeah. his opening he, gambit is to shoot a rock at her ass. He, he looks like Patrick Bateman. He's like 30 years old and he carries a slingshot like he's Dennis the Menace. Like he's just like or an Apollo. Instant, yeah, instant terrifying man. Because he slingshots her in the ass and she's like, hey, what the hell? And he just stares at her saying nothing. And I thought like, are they dating? But they're clearly not because later she, you know, she's not having it right because like, no she constantly rebuffs him throughout yeah. the movie <laughs> and then all he does is harass this one woman really yep. intensely yep. he steals her clothes when she skinny dips when he gets killed i was like thank christ the right. nightmare is over yeah because he he's, is he's just like, you, you wish he would have gotten it worse yeah like jason just cuts terrifying. his neck you're like man cut his head off yeah make sure he's dead are we sure he won't come back uh, but again this is like Kind of before that, I guess, where, I mean, the deaths are pretty extreme, but not as extreme as they get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's that hadn't, it seems like that hadn't quite become the game of Friday the 13th yet. No. I'd also argue that the kids aren't, like, Scott is definitely the, the second best they're not, monster. They're, they're not all unlikable but, either, yeah. They actually. Yeah, but they're not all maniacs yet. Right, yeah. They, they actually, 
it's still trying to be like a more traditional thriller where like you're not obviously you're not going to feel any suspense if you don't care about any of the characters so right like, they're still trying to make us give a shit about these teens yeah um but now we get into deaths oh boy so i have them all listed chronologically if you want to go through them all that's probably the easiest way pick. to do it yeah so alice ice pick in the temple. Ice, t- ice pick to the brain yep pretty good uh ralph choked against a tree which is fine, I guess. Um, the pretty, pantry it's, it's, is kind of poetic. It's pretty shocking, both of those. Yeah. Um, the, the, the ice pick is pretty shocking. And then the crazy Ralph, yeah. when you realize that he's being strangled with barbed wire, that's pretty like, ooh. Yeah. There's the mystery dog that's not Muffin that they find mangled in the woods. Just a pile of meat, man. It could be any animal. Yeah. Could be anything. Uh, cop hammered to the head. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Scott, which is a very humiliating one, trapped and hung upside down uh, and the neck slid open. Just very humiliating. Found by Terry. Terry is killed off screen. Yes. We don't know. Uh, And then there's Mark, who has... um, (sighs) Mark has the most humiliating death in the movie for some reason. So Mark is in a wheelchair. He's like the most likable of the people that get murdered. Yeah, he gets the machete slapped into his face, uh, like just hit so like so hard that it just becomes his face. He then goes flying right. down he, the porch he stairs. Will, he will spend the rest of his life as machete face. Yes, he gets he goes down the porch stairs, but it doesn't stop there because then he rolls from off the porch across the yard and down more stairs in a comically impossible way, yeah. where like where like. Uh, like he had to, the chair would have had to turn. Jason is probably just like, holy shit, watching it happen, right? Well, this Rube Goldberg, because Jason just slapped him in the face with a machete, and then he just goes flying. Did he? And Jason's just like, or did Jason push him? Oh, he might have. He might have, but I feel like Jason, the character that is established throughout the rest of the franchise, just slapped him in the face with the machete and just watched what yeah. happened. I feel like he just watched what happened, frankly. Yeah. Um, Jeff and Sandra impaled while having sex. Um, Jeff never knows what hit him. So, no. I don't know. That's pretty fun that they Not get bad. fucked. They get fused he's, fucked. He's, he's like in a, post, in a post-sex cuddle. They're having like a nice little moment as a couple when Jason they comes are. in and stabs them. Yeah. Sandra sees it coming and does not warn Jeff. But I guess she doesn't have time. Not really. Jeff, all he knows is a sharp pain and then just nothing blackness dreams the the, the blessed darkness of oblivion yeah uh paul is a maybe a question mark so we don't really we don't really know so that's nine confirmed kills one of them might not be from jason one of them was the dog um i feel like we know the winner uh is it mark it's mark it's it's legendary it's a legendary really it's so it's legendary because it's so unnecessarily punishing yeah it's 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 punishing this one character who like was again the the nicest guy the nicest guy he's like i'm training for like the olympics i'm gonna get out of this chair one day yeah and they just kill him in the most humiliating way it's 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 really it's like weirdly cruel i think what it is is they they had this character in a wheelchair and like i think they occurred to them um when a character's in a wheelchair, that means they can die and keep moving afterwards. Like, that's a thing that can happen. And so they're like, let's take advantage of that. And they did it in a way that it was, I would argue, excessive. <laughs> but Pretty excessive. I'm so glad. I'm so glad it happens. Um, oh, yeah. Because, it is, yeah. It's so ludicrously over the top. If people haven't watched his death, because first of all, we don't see Jason. So we see, like, Mark's just out on the porch having a great night. Again, whole life ahead of him. And just from off camera, from the side, like a comical, like a pie in the face, a machete. Machete. Just goes right whap. through his skull at a diagonal. Yep. And then he just goes, ah, and rolls. And then it's like a hard cut to a wide of him rolling off the porch. And then it's another wide, and it's very fast of him rolling down these stairs, these like outdoor pathway, like a, like a hiking stairs. And it's so abrupt. And he goes so far uh, that I guess he's on the beach at the end and it's just, and then the movie just moves <laughs> on and you're be. like, did I really fucking just see yeah. that? <laughs> I hope he went into the lake. Yeah. Just right into the lake. Just, yeah. 
Just bury him at sea. Like, no, let, let, nobody, let nobody see what happened to him. Yeah, I, no, I hope he went into the lake, drifted to the other side, came back out of the lake, went down the road for a while, got hit by a car, went flying in the air, and like like right into like a bear's den. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to keep you know right. it's, to keep going. It's a real meet Joe Black. It really is. He but like my God, Mark's death. It's. It's definitely up there in the series. It might be the winner when we get to the end, but we'll see. Because there's other deaths. There's other deaths. <laughs> there's and some, there's some glorious there's deaths. There's some stiff competition. Yeah. And then I guess now Jason's death doesn't count. <clears throat> Jason's death will only count when he before he becomes a zombie, right? That's an actual death. Everything else, he's still alive. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Everything that's else, you're just it. making him late for stuff. Exactly. So that's it, bro. I think that's it. We've covered Friday the 13th Part 2. Oh, we did one it. last thing that we didn't cover that I... Uh, it's one of my favorite details about the movie is when Friday the 13th Part 2 comes on screen, the title then explodes. Oh, yeah. That counts as a death. The title's death. The title explodes, dude. Yeah. Like we're watching a Rambo sequel. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird title for these two. It's not a horror title. It's like... I, I It was like... It felt like the movie was supposed to be in 3D. Yes. It blasts at you. Which doesn't happen until the next movie. Yes. Ah, yes. And that we will get to that movie. And is that just Friday the 13th Part 3? Does it have a... Does it have like a... Is it Friday the 13th 3D? I think that may have been its release title, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking it up real quick. Part 3. Uh, yeah, it's just Part 3 officially, but they, I'm sure they added a D to that why wouldn't they yeah it no so it says part of the 13th part 3 3d on the poster they didn't even make that connection those fucks Come on, same guys. director it's right there uh but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it um is that that's not crispin glover yet no he's in four four yeah so we're getting there but that's it that's it for this one yeah uh, delightful delightful movie um what fucking a treat. thank what a you treat for us all yeah, thank you, Krishanovich. Thank you. Uh, as always. And um, thank you all. Oh, yeah, I guess we should plug our Patreon. Yeah, say some Patreon. words. Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. That's where this was uh, done through. We have custom podcast here. We also have custom We Just Watched here. But also, we just, for $5 a month, you can have access to exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, uh, for a little more, you can watch movies with us every Friday night. We have and will again watch all the Friday the 13th movies. That is a guarantee. Oh, yeah. It happens. Yeah. Pretty frequently. Pretty um, frequently. We also have a store. Head over to GameFlateEmployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters. So slap your mask holing peepers onto that. Yeah. Do it. Pick, d- slam your fucking machete into our faces. Mm-hmm. Yep, really bisect our faces for no reason. Yeah, Just cruelly, send us down. Cruelly bisect our heads and yeah, embarrass our dead bodies. Yeah, thrill kill us, murder mm-hmm. us. Do it. Yeah, I, we dare you. This is going to be used in court. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs>